0: Conversation, by Kaya Sarilla.
1: I am born in Faroe Island in 1949. I grew up in the south island, in a village called Trangiswog, is the old name, it's a big fjord, so I grew up with boats and sea and water, and we were swimming in the sea every day, even if it was seven, eight degrees Celsius. We sailed a lot with sail and rowing, 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 all day fishing on the fjord.
2: I'm sure everyone experiences it differently, but I'm like, where else in the world do you have so much light that you think you're gonna go crazy, and then you don't have any? I live in Whitehorse in the Yukon Territory. Basically, you have the light season, and then you have the dark season.
3: I'm a tunnel engineer. Uh, I approach uh, tunnel projects from geological perspective, and I approached geology from an arts perspective, and while I was studying geology and then started working as a geologist, um, I realized that tunnel projects were sort of the best way to experience all aspects of the ground, both from a sort of geological engineering standpoint, also from a visual standpoint, because you're exposing the ground and getting to see the earth from the inside out.
1: My grandmother gave me some money and she wished that you should use the money for something clever. And I was, she passed away and I saw this equipment in Iceland, you could buy them there. So I asked my mother, what do you think? My grandmother would say if I buy this equipment and this is very expensive. She said, okay, I think it's think okay, you, you can use the money for buying this.
2: at this point in the winter, it doesn't rise very high. So what happens is you can see the sunlight at the treetops, but you start kind of chasing it. You know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, but I'd like to get that to shine out my face, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> the light
3: in these underground spaces has a lot of interesting qualities, right? You'll easily detect sort of these light sources from a a bright light that's illuminating a workspace, and that'll be very pointed, but then there'll be these spaces that sort of around the corner from those areas that are kind of grabbing onto sort of just the little fingers of light that kind of refract around into the nooks and crannies, and I find those spaces to be very visually uh, interesting and captivating.
2: When they talk about, you know, um, cabin fever, it's a real thing, like you can turn into a loony tune by spinning around in your own head. At least for me, if I don't have a routine, like especially exercise and reminding myself to go step outside sometime around noon, even if it's just for 10 minutes, to get that light. I would say speed is what I think of in the summer. You feel like you just have to keep going all the time. It's so intense. You got to grab it because the window is very short and then we'll be back on the other swing side.
3: When you're underground, you you lose a sense of your perception of what's going on above ground and there are times I've worked on projects in the winter where I'm on the day shift and you go underground and it's dark at like 7 a.m. when you have to go in at maybe a quarter to seven it's still pretty dark you go in the tunnel you come out maybe at 5 p.m. and it's dark and you never actually see the light of day and that's kind of an odd way to live for an extended period of time so I've just perceptually, it can be an interesting experience, and I also find the tunnel environment, depending on where you are, uh, to be a very, a very, um, it it kind of taps into this fairly early, almost womb. I don't know what the, what, what's the feeling if you have this memory of being in, in the womb, but you're, it's like you're, you're, in, you're in a dark space, you're in an enclosed space, you're in a very quiet space. There's not necessarily, and, and you can kind of hear these vague um, sounds, these sounds that are referring to the outside world, maybe that come through, that are kind of blown in by the ventilation system, and you'll hear, you know, you might be a mile in underground, and you'll don't be these references to the outside world. So I've kind of had this thought that it, it's similar it's sort of like a womb like experience.
1: Early this summer there was a there's a total solar eclipse. And the weather forecast was just crazy. There was nothing new. There was just fog and rain and was looking very bad because everybody was very, very, oh, we cannot see anything. And we came in with the boat and I didn't know uh, there was were, a there were television from Denmark. They have a big car standing on the harbour and uh, there was a lot of electricity, antennas, and... And then they came, uh, I said, uh, we are from the Danish television. And we wanted to make an interview on life, we have the chief uh, meteorologist. He was very famous, that man. And he wanted to speak to you about the weather, huh? And I said, "Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah I can try." And he said, "This is completely disaster, and so so, and uh, I don't think we're going to see this as anything tomorrow." And I said, "As far as I can see, there's coming up wind." Is strong enough to move all this bad weather away. And the wind is from northeast, and and it's going to be 9 o'clock start. Uh, You can see through the sky, the blue. And uh, half past 9 and 10, it will be bigger spot in downtown in Torsham and, and the island outside. This will be okay for sure, tomorrow. This is my guess. As far as I can see, that wind wing is strong enough to move everything. Ah, oh, you think so? And he was just shaking the head. And it was on direct televisions. <laughs> but it happened exactly as I told. But I have I have a small knowledge, but I was maybe a little behind, uh, luck. But uh, I, I, it was very clear to me that that is going to happen. There's as many things you can add to to the knowledge. You cannot put that in a computer, that's just too difficult. Maybe you cannot always explain how, how do you just have a feeling.
0: conversation is by Kaya Cirilla. Originally hailing from the woods of Ontario, Kaya works in documentary media as a picture editor, sound designer, and educator. Most recently, she edited a short piece, We Became Fragments, which was published as a New York Times op-doc. In May 2018, she completed her MFA in Integrated Media Arts at Hunter College and is now newly based in Hamilton, Ontario. Kaya wants to thank Berger Eni, Marit Sarula, and Nick Sokol for the good conversations. Also, thank you to Geordie Walker and Micah Smith for the night recording of the helicopter playground in Whitehorse. Here's what Kaya had to say about the making of the piece.
4: A couple summers ago, I was lucky enough to travel to the Faroe Islands, which are a set of islands in between Iceland and Scotland there I met this sea captain named Berger Enni and for another project I was working on I was uh, interviewing him about how he navigates in the fog because the fog is very present in the islands there and quickly it became obvious to me that Berger had a completely different relationship with his environment and had all these different ways that he was reading the signs of the environment And it made me think about a couple of other people, you know, as as you chat with people, you kind of have these tangential associations. And so when I got home, I followed some of those tangents, which led me to uh, Nick Sokol, who is a tunnel engineer. And also my Aunt Marit, who lives up in Whitehorse, Yukon Territory, um, who often talks about the effects of the light and dark and the extremes in the summertime. Um, For this episode of Constellations, I focused on the three people's relationships to light and dark and how it kind of affected them, and how um, they thought about the light and the dark, and how they were reading it in their different environments. So for this piece, I didn't want it just to be about representational sound. Um, I did want some of the environments to speak to or affect the sound. So I used hydrophones a lot, um, because Berger grew up in and around water, and he had a job as a diver, so I knew I wanted to incorporate a lot of different water sounds. I also used my hydrophone to record music uh, that I was playing on the piano downstairs, and I put a hydrophone in a bathtub and then went downstairs and played some songs on the piano, and I kind of liked this separation between spaces. Um, I also used a bunch of stems from old soul music, uh, different background vocals that I kind of combined and affected in different ways to give this kind of eerie, vague musical sound that happens throughout. Um, All of these recordings I did myself, uh, mostly on a Tascam dr 100 using the built-in mics, but also uh, using my hydrophones, which was a lot of fun.
0: This week's fortnightly frequency is entitled Tape. This week's fortnightly frequency is courtesy of moving out of my apartment. More from all of us in two weeks. Until then, stay starry-eared, friends.